What's up, everyone? Hope you're having a nice weekend. It's actually probably not the weekend when you're listening to this, um, but I'm I'm here in Lowell. It's a nice Sunday morning uh, out on the porch. Uh, Going to be heading down to the Lowell Folk Festival in a moment here. It's uh, it's been a fun weekend here with a lot of great music. Uh, it was down there on Friday, and there's this one band, Free Volt, and they were just Everyone down there was having a great time. Um, really talented band, but they, they really got the crowd into it and were kind of playing around um, out on the street. So Lowell Folk Festival, if, if you haven't heard of it before, it's a pretty amazing folk festival with incredible uh, musicians from all around the world and incredible music. So I had the, um, actually the, the person that lives above me uh, out on this deck that I'm at, uh, the person that lives upstairs actually is the director of that. So they're doing an amazing job putting that on. Um, so I, I just wanted to share a little bit of the music that I've been experiencing this weekend on the podcast episode. Um, but on the podcast, we have the president of Rowan University, Dr. Ali Hushmund, on the podcast. And so you're probably wondering why do I have a president of a higher ed institution on? Well, funny, you should think about that and ask. Uh, Dr. Hushmund started Hushman's Hazardous Hot Sauce, and he started growing his own chili peppers. You're going to hear more about the story, but um, I heard about how he started this hot sauce company to sell all the proceeds towards emergency scholarships for some of their students. So this is a, something, an area that I'm passionate about. Uh, I've been working um, within higher ed for the past few years and, and working with colleges on student success and retention initiatives. So it, it was really insightful to hear more about the story of Dr. Hushmund and um, his journey and, and how he's been involving students to, to work on this. So I, I had a, a wonderful time listening to the conversation. Uh, I would love it if, if you if you do enjoy the podcast as well as to, to subscribe to our podcast, maybe share this with a friend or a family member. Um, but let's go into it. Uh, we got Always Feel So Good by the band Free Volt. And the whole song will be at the end of the podcast. Great. I'm really, really excited about that because, like you, I am I'm, number one interested in in this whole issue of uh, farming and everything. It relaxes me. It really is therapeutic for me. And I like hot sauce because, like you, I grew them myself and made hot sauce and gave to friends and family members until a couple of years ago when we started in here. And it's really, really exciting because what it is is more than just a hot sauce and a transaction. I really think that the story that I, I see in here, especially for colleges, is, is substantially bigger. And here is, here is a situation as I see it, Brian. There are, I see you, you don't see me. So you come across as a person which is around 30 age, you know, like my son. And, and there are, right now in this country, millions and millions of young minds, many of whom educated, many of them didn't finish college because of all sorts of reasons, financial being big punk chunk of it. 
And we are now in a situation where a lot of people, if they really want to get a decent education, the kind of education that gives them a, a, a decent job and, and, and sustain them, it's becoming harder and harder. And the lower the income, uh, the harder it's getting. Borrowing is ridiculous. I was talking to my son the other day who lives in Denver with his girlfriend. And he told me his girlfriend currently after four years of, she graduated four years ago, she still has $61,000 debt. Wow. He has a bachelor's degree in, uh, uh, what do you call it? Design, design, you know, kind of designing homes and everything. And, and I said, my God, how is this young lady at the age of 30 is going to be able to pay this kind of thing? So the angle that I took from here is that, is there a way in which, if you look at the public institutions or institutions in general, but let's just stick with the public because they are really the, the core of higher education in this country. There are many of them and each of them is large. It occupies a massive land base. Many, many young people go in there, they get their education. And what we are doing in this country, the challenges that we have is the issue of uh, healthy eating, having resources in order to sustain yourself, farming, respect for work, all of those things right now are, are kind of foreign to a lot of young people. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to use our campus as a way of motivating students to number one, possibly come, here, come with me and partner with me to grow this thing, especially through social media. But more importantly, send a message that, look, in every university in this country, we could do something similar to this. It doesn't always have to be hot sauce. It could be different product. But think about a group of young minds who get together, who, who are motivated by helping others and helping themselves, who can come up with a product that they can send to their own respective alumni and friends through the social media, selling them for whatever amount. But any amount that they collect whether it's $5 per jar for a hot sauce or for a dip or whatever else, whether it's food or non-food, what it does, it adds up. And when you have a student that, let's say, is, is a challenge for a thousand bucks, short of thousand dollars, doesn't have the money to buy the books. And I think these kind of, these kind of ideas, the ones that like, like the one I have, can be a huge help in helping kids getting them through those uh, sudden challenges that they don't know how to deal with. And it can be, some of them can be life-changing because yeah. to a person who doesn't have a thousand dollars is a hell of a lot of money. Yeah, and, and that's um, kind of, and, and a lot of the work that I work uh, in my day job at a mid-hub is working with uh, first-generation Pell-eligible students, oh, students yeah. that might not have had the, kind of the resources that I had and the help and guidance as, as I was going on my college journey. But sometimes it's just um, kind of nudging and helping students uh, fill out a few additional forms or just getting a, a few extra hundred dollars to buy uh, for books. It can be the, the big thing that gets a student going for continued to enroll at first semester. And, and then, um, and I love kind of what you're doing because there's so much activity and, and things that, you wouldn't naturally kind of think about um, that would come straight to mind about uh, kind of college. I think there's probably so much experience that the students go through from 
helping out on the on the farm to producing hot sauce to marketing it um, that's the thing that I've learned speaking with and interviewing with so many folks about kind of entrepreneurship is that there's so many different elements and and uh, that conversation it, you learn a lot because some of the things that we need some of the things that I love to see our students learn it's hard to le learn how to stand their own feet and be able to start their own little business and 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 become functional and and hopefully even wealthy they need to learn that from somewhere. And I think that's the ideas that I said, this particular idea of giving it to the students and getting them to understand. For example, if you look at the universities, right? When, when, when the higher education in this country started was during the agrarian economy. The economy of this country at those days, 200 years ago, was all agriculture. And it was exactly for that reason that they created the academic years that was fall and spring with the summer being people going to the farm and tending to farm. Now it's not happening. That 11 million people that we call undocumented immigrants, these are the people who come in here because the country needs them. Many of them come in here because somebody needs to tend to these farms. In fact, right at the back of this university, there is a peach farm. I can assure you, if, if people from uh, from South America don't, or, or, or Central America don't come in here to, to help, these things are going to rot because you don't get the kids, a typical kid from the university, to get used to, to that kind of thing. Yeah. Another angle that I see is that, how about going back to that? What is wrong with the situation if there is a university that has a relationship with the local forms and they can create some sort of summer activities for these kids to not only deal with those issues of helping the farms and everything, but having an income, but also respecting the fact that how does the food get produced? Yes. How does it go from farm to the table? What are the processes in all of these things? Because so many of us don't know that. So for me, it's really the story is far bigger than just a jar of hot sauce. Yeah. I wanted all of these things to be embedded in it. I wanted it to be education. I wanted kids to see that it is possible for them to start from nothing and end up having a major business. People who have done it have done it like that. They started from nothing. And, and so, so that's what excites me about this thing. And, and talking with you and knowing that your day job is something to do with retention and, and, and tag, tag eligible students, that's, that's, if that, that makes you even more popular to me. <laughs> that, that's great I love wow. to I love to help students that I especially want to make the playing field absolutely flat for everybody level for everybody that's yes yeah abs absolutely and, and I think part of that opportunity is just giving this opportunity to, to all students that, that are interested in and I, I'd be curious how um, Hushman's Hazardous Hot Sauce actually came to be. Like, where did this idea come from? And I'd love to kind of hear about the story of how. From the story, from the beginning. Yeah. Okay. From the beginning, it was about, uh, about 15 years ago when I was, uh, when I moved from Cincinnati to, to Philadelphia, I was working at Drexel University. And I had a big house and it had a big backyard, lots of sun and everything. And I love gardening, little small you know, patch of land that I plant vegetable. And I also like pepper. So one, one year I grew a lot of them, especially I had a lot of habaneros. And suddenly I realized that I'm, you know, I've got about 10 pounds of worth of pepper I don't know what to do with. And, and my wife doesn't eat pepper, she hates it. My son does a little bit, my daughter does a little bit, but my, my wife doesn't. So I decided to basically cook it and, and make a hot sauce. And I, and I do cook as well. And this is another hobby of mine. I just experiment things and I don't have I don't follow any particular recipe I just get things together and try to figure out 
you know, the outcome or whatever. Yeah, whatever. That's, that's the fun of it. That's great. That's the fun of it. So I did that and I made some hot sauce. And that, that year, I remember I gave it to a bunch of people. They liked it. And subsequently, I kept on doing that for years and years. Every year, I would basically grow and make a, a batch and either use it myself or give it to people. Until two years ago, one of my staff who works for Joe approached me and said, can you make a, kind of a 10 jars of your hot sauce for, for an auction? And I said, I will, and I did. I went and I bought peppers and I made it. I usually make it in my kitchen, in the, you know, nothing, I'm sorry, well, I, my wife actually kicked me out. She would ask me to do it in the garage. <laughs> yeah, the garage. fumes can be intense. The fumes can be very intense, especially now that, you know, we're dealing with serious hot sauce. So uh, that year we did that and then they sold that in an auction and uh, they generated $500. They were very excited. So they came back to me and said, well, this thing was really popular. Why don't you do more? another batch? So I did another batch of about 40 or 50 jars and then uh, subsequently yet another batch so that year that summer or spring really I made about three batches and they sold them all and then when we realized that this thing is getting very exciting and there were lots of order from from campus mainly I, I decided to go large so last year I started a farm myself I basically took a piece of land from the corner of campus and I went and I ordered a bunch of seeds from the hottest peppers starting for a reaper going down all the way oh wow and I, I grew them, and about 400 plants or so, and grew those, and which came up to significant amount of pepper, but we also had to go and buy quite a bit and make about two, 3,000 jars, maybe more. Wow. So we have been selling, is getting very popular now, and this year my farm is even better and bigger. It's now, I have about four or 500 plants, but they are the, they are the I was very selective this year. I have reapers, Ghost, seven pot, these are the ones that I have. And I also have another 50, 60 of what I call Carolina mushroom, which is not very hot, but it's, it's, it gives you color and, and texture to pepper. Yeah. The way that I do them basically, Brian, I mix a bunch of them together. And, it, and I have actually the hot sauce that I have, we have, there are three layers of heat. So I've decided to establish a base. The base is long, hot, and beaver dam. So I get 50% of those. And then, depending on how hot I want to make it, the, the remaining 50% is of different layers of heat. Yeah. The lowest level is really where I put, for the heat, I put things at the level of uh, jalapenos. So it's not really hot. People can handle it. That one is called Ali's Nasty. And the reason that I came up with that name was because next time, the first time I gave a jar to a friend of mine, he called it, well, this is nasty. I call it Ali's <laughs> So I stopped with that. Nasty in a good way or, or, or bad? Because, you know, it was, it was... In a good way. In a good okay. way. <laughs> so, the, so we call the le lowest level of heat, Ali's nasty. And then the next level is, again, beaver dam and long hot are the base. And then jalapeno. Everything, all sort of after habaneros. All the habaneros. Yeah. Different, different colors and different brands and everything. That one, I call it nasty delicious. So I say it's nasty at the beginning when, he, when it stings you, but it's delicious afterwards because they really, the taste of the thing is very good. So I came up with the name Nasty Delicious as the middle level. And then the top one is, the base of it is habaneros, 50%, and the remaining is all the top ones. It's starting from, really, I have a lot of ghosts. I've got seven pop, seven pop, and I've got at least 50 plants right now of... Uh, Carolina Reaper, and the amount of product right now hanging from them are thousands of them. 
Wow. So really, the yield is really good this year. Yeah. So that can, one is pretty Do you like, like that heat with, with the, the Reaper? Like, can you handle that much? Because, I mean, it, I, I, um, I met Smokin' Ed Curry, who, who uh, one of the creators of, of the Hottest Peppers, and uh, I, I met him and actually had him on the podcast, and, and I tried – one of his super hots that he had and it was an amazing really fruity flavor but then boom it, it hit me and i was on kind of no, a journey it's for not that. it's not that it is yeah it's hot it's very hot for yeah. a person who is not used to hot sauce the highest level is pretty hot yes so i am used to i can handle it but i cannot handle the big spoonful and i never eat these raw because you know they can be very deadly i mean you put it Reaper in your mouth, if you're not used to it, you're risking your life. I mean, it's, it's, it can choke you. I mean, people can really breathe, cannot breathe if, they, if they're not used to that. So I, the heat is not at that level of that, because there are some crazy people out there, probably you're one of them, who can really <laughs> handle hot ones. Yeah. But, but this one is, and I will send you jars. I will I'll make sure that Joe send you so that you can taste and, and, and you you be the judge. But I really think that what it is, is the good thing about it is that first of all, I try to be as organic as possible, at least the ones that I grow. That's number one. So I don't put any kind of stuff on it. Yeah, great product. Number two, the, the, the uh, recipe has the only thing, the only way that I get the pH level down so that I can have a longer shirt life is, is the vinegar. So about 25% of the volume is vinegar. And then I add in there some garlic, good uh, uh, spices, and quality uh, olive oil at the end when I get it ready in order to kind of turn it into, into a mesh. Yep, so nice. the ingredient is really, really good. There is very little additive. There's not, in fact, none of that. It's all done by Rutgers Food Center in an industrial setting. And, and it tastes good. It really does. And, and so I would like for you to, to, to be the judge. I would like to send it to you. And I would send, make sure you get one of each. I would love Just, that. Let, let you know, you know, yeah. as, 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 as a way, because I need to really learn from experts, the people, because I, I assume that you have tasted various makes and brands hundreds of times. So you, you get a reference. Yeah. The other thing I'm doing, Brian, at the same time in the farm, I am growing a lot of eggplants. I also have another product, eggplant dip, with tomatoes mm -hmm. that I grow and eggplants that I grow. And I put some of that hot sauce and make it hot and spicy. And that is becoming very popular. Wow. So, that, that, that does sound really good. Yes. Yeah. And how are the, how are the students evolved? Uh, kind of evolved in the process and, and growth of um, the students have been volunteers. They are helping me. We go and tend to the farm. They are when we sell these things, they 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 create a stand and they sell them. Many of them do help us in the online sale, in the in packaging and distributing and mailing. There are a whole host of things that they do, and that also has created another set of job for the students because I pay them. And I wanted them to feel excited and also get paid. So the, the, the part that really brings a smile into my face are the students. Because when they come in, it just, they take over this thing and, I, and it just makes it that much more exciting and valuable. That, that's incredible. And, and uh, there, there's so much that I, I love just kind of with, you, with your passion of experimenting and with cooking and, and uh, kind of starting a venture and, and also kind of making sure that it's aligned with, with the right initiatives and really trying to help um, students and, and create equal access. And 
Um, I, I would really love to kind of hear more about your background and kind of where these interests really where uh, they grew from. And, and um, if it's all right, if we can kind of start back about like where, where ask, you ask, grew ask up. Question, and, sure. Yeah, I'd love to know. I, kind was, of, born, I was born in, in Iran in 1953, 54, I'm sorry, I forgot. And I left my old country in 1975 as a young 19-year-old, went to the United Kingdom. And that's where I finished uh, my bachelor's and master's in mathematics over there until 1983. Then I came to this country, went to the University of Michigan. I did another master's and a PhD in engineering there. So I finished in 1989. Then I worked for United Airlines as an analyst. I used to do flight scheduling. I lasted a year because I found the job not to be that challenging for me at the time. Mm -hmm. I didn't think that was that much of credential as needed to do the kind of work that we were doing. And then I joined the University of Cincinnati as a faculty in engineering. I was there for 10 years till about year 2000. Then at the year 2000, I came to uh, Philadelphia, attended Drexel University. I was associate provost and eventually provost there. And I was there for six years. And then I came to this country, to this university in year 2006 as provost first. And after six years, I became interim president and president. That's, so that's, that's basically, cool. I went through the whole uh, 63 or four years. <laughs> and um, if were, I, I'm curious what, I'm never, I don't know if I've, I've, I've had Iranian food before. I'm, I have, has it kind of translated kind of, um, you're growing Literally, up. We have no, we hardly use at least at least in part. The, the, the part the country is large and it's very diverse, and there are different people and different temperature setting. In the southern part, the people, the mostly Arab Iranians, they eat a lot of hot stuff. They mm -hmm. can have it easily. But where I was born and in my family, hot pepper had no room at all. We never we are not used to that. It was only here, and the reason that I did was I learned all of that in England. I had friends from India, and, and many of them were my students, and that's how I basically started getting into hot sauce, by, by, by dealing with them, by getting to know them, by you know, having food, and that's how I, I, I got into hot sauce. And then when I went to University of Michigan, when I was at yeah. Michigan, I had a guy from a friend of mine, a hippie from 60s, a mathematician also, who could eat a son of a gun hot sauce. I could not believe the kind of stuff that this guy could eat. <laughs> I would go to him to this Thai restaurant every night, I mean, every so often, and he could handle the stuff that it would crack my lips. Wow. So I basically, from him, I became more resistant to, to hot, hot sauce and, 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 and heat and spices. Otherwise, before that, I wasn't very much into this thing. My interaction with a lot of Indian students and faculty basically got me into this thing and eventually with that friend of mine in Ann Arbor. So that's, that's the story of getting into, into this. But in terms of cooking and everything, I've only always done cooking. When I was a student, when I left my old country, my first job was I worked at Kentucky Fried Chicken where I used to fry about 75 whole chickens wow. and in, in three or four hours. So I, I've always loved and was fascinated with the... With, with, and cooking and things of that so yeah well, what are some of your favorite foods uh, to, that you could pair with hot sauce or maybe even just without but uh, some of your favorite dishes yeah, the, 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 the curries the Indian curries just uh, I, I go crazy especially mm. with a glass of cold beer and you know yeah, hot sauce, <laughs> yeah. 
uh, qualities I love. Iranian food, what we make, they, we make a lot of stews, very much similar to the Indian curries, except that are not spicy like them. So what I do is I usually put spice for myself because my wife doesn't, cannot handle it. Yeah, so that's the, my my girlfriend cannot really handle spice. So it, like I, so I make things li- lily proof by putting some hot sauce in. If if that's I, the uh, best way to do it, I have to kind of do it gradually. It's going to take you about a couple of years. The next thing you know, she's going to beat you. Yeah, yeah. Well, so I, I actually wrote a blog post about how to slowly uh, get your significant other into hot sauce. Okay. And I wrote it, but now like she, she's coming back where, or she's not like she was up for hot sauce, but now, so I, I still have some more work on that. Well, let me tell you a story about te- trying to teach your, 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 your spice to do what you want to do. I'm a, I'm a runner. I used to be a big marathon runner and I would go and run big, you know, major marathons like Boston and New York and others. And every day I would run, I would run an average of 70 to 80 miles a week as training. And I so badly wanted my wife to be my partner. And for years I tried, she wouldn't even walk. And some year ago, I mean about 10 years ago, she decided to do that. She joined me and we started running. And guess what? She turned me into a walker. (laughs) She slowed me down and slowed me down and slowed me down until I reached my comfort zone. Then I went from a competitive marathoner who would get awards into a person who would do walk run. So be careful, you may not, you may end up losing your your desire for hot sauce. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know how that could ever be possible, especially when I'm getting offers to, to try out some of the, some of your sauce. And we may have to do some uh, recipe swapping with the curries that I've been experimenting with. Get a t-shirt too. I'm going to send you a t-shirt those ones so I can see the smoke is coming out of my ears. <laughs> That's see great. Well, we'll have to do some trading. Do, do you have any, um, any, uh, favorite hot sauces besides your own that you, you've experimented or tried before? Uh, really the ones that I mean, on occasions when if I went to Louisiana or went to Florida or somewhere, I'll go to stores and I grab, you know, you get all these names and some of them are funny names, some of yeah, them are yeah. nasty names, that mother this or mother that, and, and you try them. What I found, I have not yet found one where there is not too much of vinegar. Mm. I, I get most of these hot sauce that I see. I don't see that that deep heat feeling in it. I see it, it things to be superficial because I think the reason is because they want to uh, manufacture it for the masses and they know the masses cannot handle very specialized sauce. That's why you don't get it. The last year I got a jar from somebody, and it wasn't it was not a bad one. It, the jar was very nicely designed and it was made of habanero, it was reasonable, it was good. That was the first time that I saw one jar of bottle, and it was actually pricey. I think the, the price on that was $13, $14 a jar. Oh, wow, wow. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's what I love about craft hot sauce is that there, there's so many different unique approaches and, and they're not thinking about how can we make this product as cheap as possible. They're, they're almost always thinking about quality first. And, yeah, people who are going to be in this community who enjoy this thing, they are willing to pay a couple more dollars to get yeah. to get the product that they want. Yes. Yeah, and especially when when you don't like with a with a beer, there's a thing like yeah, if you're into craft beer, you're going to spend two extra dollars a beer, but when you drink a few of those in a night, you're not doing that with a hot sauce bottle. That's lasting. Uh, so how about if you and I go to business and start a beer, hot hot beer? Yeah, that, that's really what I want. I want some real ale with heat in it. 
Okay. And now we're just, talking. A brewery just opened about uh, half a mile from uh, our campus. And I did a microbrewery, and I'm going to go to them and propose that to them. Yeah. I, yeah. That's really, I'm, there is, I'm telling you, there, there is a possibility in that. I, I think, yeah, so I, I've actually thought about it. The other approach and, and uh, have made some hoppy hot sauces. So kind of yeah. taking hops that you put in normally in beer yeah. and putting them in hot sauce. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I, I kind of had a love-hate reaction with some people. Some people loved it and other people hate, hated it. But, I know, I know, but you're going to have to when they cater to the people who love it. And there are going to be a good number of them. And a lot of people are going to enjoy it once they try it. Yeah. It has to be very, very hot, but I really think that there is a market for that. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I'm going to kind of start asking a few kind of rapid fire. They don't have to be rapid fire, but these are questions that I, I ask almost all our guests on the, on the Craft Hot Sauce podcast. And I, I would love to, to learn, I mean, if you were going to have a dinner with three people and these people could be dead or alive, um, who would be sitting at the table with you? Uh... You might be shocked. I, you, you might not even remember them, but I will tell you. Uh, there are going to be three women. Uh, my mother, Indira Gandhi, and uh, uh, and uh, what's it, what was the the, the the prime minister of Israel, the lady who who passed, the, the second prime minister after the establishment of Israel. Uh, wow. There is there is, an, there is there is a reason for that. My mother was uneducated. She could, Golda Meir. Golda Meir was the lady that I was talking about. My mother was uneducated. She couldn't read or write. She had 10 children. Actually, 12, 12 of them died. But wow. she, Brian, well, she was the greatest philosopher I've ever met. And she was so incredibly smart. And she single-handedly managed to save all of us from, from very difficult life and, and get us all educated and all successful. And I admired her. She passed. Go, Indira Gandhi, because when, when India was separated from, I mean, got, got its independence from Great Britain, it was a very malign mass that included Bangladesh as well as Pakistan and the, all the wars that happened and the separation. And that woman kept that country and created in the largest country that could hardly feed itself a democracy. To me, it was an amazing undertaking. And at the time, we are talking about 1980s, 70s. That's when she was prime minister. In those days, you know, the woman did not have the position that they do today for her to run a major third world country with nuclear weapon and go to two war with Pakistan was an amazing thing to me. Golden Meyer also for the same reason, because it was a country that was just newly established, surrounded by enemies around, and they needed to survive, and they were living under the constant fear and threat. And for her to manage to sustain that and to go through the two war and, and save the country, to me, the inspiration that they brought. So I, I always admire them for what they've done. So you said three, and these are the three that I'm talking about. That's, that's an amazing answer, Dr. Hushan. Thank you. Sure. Um, and, and I, so I, I get really kind of excited by just hearing about how popular this got, how many, how it's really affecting so many people in positive ways. And I'm curious if there's anything that you've, cause sometimes it just, um, th things start moving and then you just see kind of sparks of things that kind of come up or, or when you look back at and kind of thinking about what you've created, you're, you're seeing a lot of opportunities and, and uh, kind of amazing things that you've created. I don't know if there's anything that you wish that you could kind of see 
other colleges across the nation kind of pick up from some lessons learned or, or things that could be quick, easy changes that kind of grow into much bigger and let me, let me talk um, about these things. What I, one, one of the jobs that the college presidents have, as you know, is the whole issue of fundraising and philanthropy. We basically go to people who have the wealth and they have the, the means and you ask them for the money. And, and what you do in return, you ask, you basically say, like, if, you, if you give me your money, I'm going to do this and that and the other. I'm going to help these people. I'm going to build this building and I'm going to help these students. So what it is, is basically a, a, a notion that you give a promise and in return you get somebody else's money. What I've tried to do through this hot sauce to basically turn philanthropy into a kind of a transaction. So that when I go to a, to a donor, not only do I say, please help us because here is an example. But I, but I also want to give them something tangible. At the same time, I want to show them that I am in it with them as well. Yeah. I'm not just asking them money. I'm putting the effort. And I think that resonates with people. People don't like to be begged all the time and ask for money. And so I think that the lesson that I want to see in here is that how do we change philanthropy into a transaction so that both sides feel more than the sense of giving and feel good about doing what they're doing. So I, I, I see that as an angle because the notion of in every university, every hospital in this country, every nonprofit goes philanthropy, ask for other people's money. And there's only, only so much all of us can do. And the question is, how do we make it so that we can stand out relative to other people who ask for, for your money? And I think my hot source is standard in that if I ask somebody for $20, I'm giving him something at least that is worth $10. And that transaction yeah. is, I think, it's, 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 it's something that I, that I like. But what we have done so far, we have generated close to $25,000 sales of this thing. And, and it's, it's now that money is being used and people are asking for some of it and keep growing and I keep fundraising and I keep going after making more of it. And so so it, that's, that's really what I wanted to, the message to be. That's, that's amazing. And, and for those people that are getting the hot sauce, there it's something tangible, but there, there's so much behind that as well from kind of opportunities from the students. When I tell them, for example, I go to that farm at 6 a.m. to water the plant or on weekends where others probably go and golf. I don't do that. That's where I am. And, and, and I said, I want to show that I am in it with them. This is not just me as a president with suit going there and asking for your money in order to give to students. So I think that that partnership is very powerful. Yeah, that's great. Um, well, uh, this has been so so insightful, and, and I, I really appreciate your time. I don't know if there's anything else, like any uh, special asks or requests of uh, our listeners. And I think by the end of this podcast, I think to all our hot sauce and chili loving followers, you're, you're definitely the coolest college president ever. Thank but uh, I don't know. I don't know if if you kind of want to. Um, kind of share anything or have any final thoughts? I think, look, we are, I am very fortunate to be in this country uh, and, and to benefit from being a citizen to part, part, participate and contribute. For me, genuinely as a citizen, the way I see my role is this. I'm getting a lot. I'm getting security, safety, freedom, job, health for my family. And the least that I can do is to constantly contribute and through my contribution, say thank you. And that is something that really wakes me up every morning. And it's very important to me. It's, it's my passion. Because life is short and, and it's tough out there for a lot of people. And when you have a situation and an environment where you're welcome, when you are given the opportunities to grow and to prosper, 
the least that you could do is to try to kind of extend that to many others. And, and for me, therefore, it is, it is my way of saying thank you to this country. I really love this place from the bottom of my heart. And, and it, it gives me energy when I do these things because it's my way of saying thank you. It's another way of it. So that's, that's really the message that I want to tell people that I think giving is, is it has this massive multiplier effect that you know, somebody gave to me now I'm willing to do everything that I can to give to as many people as possible. And I'm sure the people who receive from me, they're going to do likewise. And that multiplier effect is so powerful, makes these countries the unique country that it is. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I, I uh, experience that every day. And, and um, I was listening to uh, the people we meet and, and it's a video docu-series um, that I stumbled upon and it was, um, it's, takes place in Dublin where, where I lived for a few years in, in Ireland and um, they interviewed a, a small business owner and he said, I'm not doing this to get rich. I'm doing this to make a, a net positive impact. And, and I think that's a, a great, approach just thinking if I'm making somebody else happy that goes to somebody else and it just goes on and on and and, and kind of creates a flywheel effect and I think uh, giving and, and thanking and and sharing more opportunities for people is, is something that everyone can do more of and, and it's great to kind of see this in action and, and I'm excited to see where it, where it grows in the future it seems like you got a, a hot product with an expanding product line and, and uh, more. You if you ever close to here come here I show you everything I would love to. I, yeah, I know. I, I tried to schedule in a, a flight over there to, to get it and check it out in person, but I, I think uh, next time I'm in the area, I will 100% have Absolutely. Come here. I would like to kind of pick, uh, you know, pick your brain and see what you do about your, your, your work, your day work. What are your passions about retention and all of those? Because that's another area that I really am very passionate about. Very passionate. How to make sure that every kid gets an advisor. Every kid gets get the attention that they want. I don't want them to waste their life taking courses that are unnecessary, paying bills that they shouldn't pay. These are the kind of things that really excites me about. How do we help these kids so that they can end up being uh, prosperous and happy, having a happy life? Well, thank you, man. This was a very exciting and, and wonderful conversation that I had with you. I wish you all the best. Thank you. Thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, appreciate it. If you wouldn't mind giving us a, a quick rating and also checking out our Craft Hot Sauce Club. We got a lot of awesome, uh, actually new, some new brands on the Craft Hot Sauce Club. So we're trying to promote, promote the best small batch Craft Hot Sauce and bring it to you on a monthly or, or quarterly basis. So we got three different hot sauces all very delicious all very tasty and i think at a very reasonable price i'm not trying to, to get rich i'm just trying to spread the love and the good hot sauce so take a look at that and you can actually if it doesn't work out um, worst case you're going to get one order and you can cancel for free after the second month but i think you're going to like it so take a look at that uh and yeah have have a good rest of the summer we got another uh, experimental podcast that is taking a lot more time than I thought, but I think it's going to be good. I'm not going to rush it, but I'm hoping to drop that in August. So till then, have a good summer. I'll talk to you all later.